0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, June 26th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up one and a quarter at 5.89 and a quarter. November soybeans up 11 and a quarter at 13.21 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up twenty and a quarter at seven eighty two. December Kansas City wheat up twenty cents at eight eighty three. December spring wheat up fifteen and a quarter at eight ninety five and a half. Mackenzie is out this morning, so I'll be running this ship uh, solo today, old school style. Start off with weather. So weekend rains were certainly hit and miss across the corn belt, but uh, decent coverage in some areas. I'd say North Dakota and South Dakota probably did the best in terms of both coverage and amounts, an inch, two inches, three inches in some areas of those two states, North Dakota in particular. You look at uh, Nebraska, scattered rains across the northern two-thirds, Iowa, scattered rains, northern areas in particular, same for southern Minnesota. Illinois uh, was very much dry with the exception of far northern areas. Some of these northern areas of Illinois did really good, but the southern, um, I mean mean, really the southern two-thirds thirds of the state caught uh, mostly no rain same thing for missouri and again i think illinois is your biggest problem here When it comes to the drought, it's extraordinarily dry, very little rain over the weekend. That's your number one uh, soybean producer, number two corn producer in the country. So Illinois remains very much problematic. And then you had some rains yesterday that moved into parts of Indiana, Ohio, uh, Kentucky, places like that. I know some of these uh, rains were associated with hail and high winds, all of that stuff. Now the market did not uh, see this as being super bearish necessarily. We've got a higher trade in row crop markets this morning. Um, Looking at the forecast forecast, you know, the next five days are, are going to be fairly dry for the, the central part of the Corn Belt. Really nothing for Illinois, really very little for Indiana. Maybe Iowa has some better chances. Dakotas did all right. They can probably go five days without rain. Uh, Not much for southern Minnesota. So you've got five days here ahead of you where there's not going to be a ton of rain. Uh Maybe parts of Nebraska and western Nebraska in particular will be the exception. They'll be a little bit wetter. Then you go out past the 1st of July, and this Euro model is calling for some additional rains. But again, most of this stuff, if you guys are watching on YouTube, past the 1st of July, or this stuff doesn't occur, rather, till after July 1st. So you got like five days of dry weather here, and then maybe some better chances. You look at the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day maps and they're calling for odds of above normal precipitation. So as it stands right now in regard to weather, my thought would be these rains in in the areas that caught it probably just uh, bought some more time. July is the month in which we make or break the corn crop. We need to see these rains that are in the forecast for the month of July uh, verify. And if they do verify, if you see a shift toward a wetter pattern, as some of this stuff is suggesting, then yeah, they can, they can take corn futures down and, and take corn futures down quite a bit. We're not to that point, though. I, I think this this stuff needs to verify. And if it does, you could end up at, in, in a situation where... Corn yields nationally are still below trend. I I think that's a pretty good bet at this point, but maybe not by a ton. And you know what? If you end up with a national corn yield that's, say, 170 or better, given what appears to be a really lackluster demand situation corn probably doesn't have to be north of $6 for new crop. It could probably be closer to five or five and a half. That'd be my general thought. Hey guys, I do a pre-open weather update on Sunday nights in June and July, and I had one out yesterday at about 6 p.m. Central Time. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, um, go to standardgrain.com and sign up this morning. I actually had a bunch of videos last week. We had a mailbag video. Should I buy call options? I had some uh, questions from customers about buying call options on corn and soybeans last week. Also had a uh, condition survey that Shay and Chris from AgView Solutions put together. I kind of helped him out with this. We ran through the results. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, you want to see those sun- Sunday weather videos in addition to the uh, daily premium videos. There's going to be another one out today, of course. Go to standardgrain.com. Sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. Sign up with your credit card. It takes about one minute. Uh, cancel at any time, guys. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Looks like a Russian civil war was avoided over the weekend. I'll tell you what. Uh, You guys probably heard this story by now and and have read about it. So you had the leader of this Russian mercenary group who launched a rebellion on Moscow. They were going to march toward Moscow and then they brokered a deal Saturday. If the market was open during this Uh, kind of sequence of events, you would have seen some phenomenal volatility in the wheat market in particular, given that Russia is your top wheat exporter on the planet. Uh, But it all kind of like came and went before wheat had a chance to trade it. Now, wheat futures are up this morning, but I mean, I'm talking like we would have been limited up wheat futures if this happened uh, while the markets were open. So it looks like we avoided a civil war in Russia, at least for the moment. But uh, the news is, is kind of fluid here. Large money managers, net long corn, net long soybeans, covering some shorts in the SRW wheat market. During the week ending last Tuesday, funds were net buyers of 64,000 contracts of corn, 34,000 contracts of soybeans, and 26,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So funds adding to net longs in the corn and soybean markets and uh, covering shorts in the SRW wheat market. These numbers, the, the estimates at Friday's close at Friday's close, are pretty close to these numbers. So you've got you know a modest net long in corn, modest net long in soybeans, still a pretty large net short in the SRW wheat market the way that it stands right now. A lot of people were looking for that big short covering event in the corn market. Well, you got it, and, and then some as of this morning. We have a USDA report on Friday. This is a big report. I know weather is the biggest deal in the world right now, but this is a big report. This is planted acreage and quarterly grain stocks. Ahead of the report, traders estimate U.S. corn plantings at 91.8 million, which would be down from the March number of 92. Soybean plantings expected to be at uh, 87.7, which would be up marginally from 87.5 in March. So we're not expecting any big shift. I'll tell you this, there's always, almost always a surprise in the acreage numbers. So be prepared for for something out of left field here. In regard to grain stocks, um, everything should be down versus the same period last year as of June 1st. Corn stocks, soybean stocks, uh, wheat stocks in the United States should be down versus the same period last year. We'll talk more about this report later in the week. We had export sales out on Friday, uh, delayed as a result of the holiday. Uh, corn sales in net for the old crop marketing, you're terrible at uh, just 36,000. The soybean sales for old crop are really not bad seasonally at uh, 458. Uh, wheat sales, no good at 110. Here's some statistics regarding new crop corn and soybean sales. So I'm talking new crop sales uh, for delivery after September 1st. New crop corn sales accumulated are down 52% versus the same period last year. Yet USDA projects that export sales will increase 22% year over year uh, in that new crop marketing year. So uh, my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people would be that USDA is overstating new crop corn exports to the tune of three or 400 million bushels, which is a big chunk of change. I know it doesn't matter right now because we're in a crop scare market and we don't have any idea what the crop's going to be, but this is problematic. Soybean sales also problematic for new crop. Second worst of the last 10 years, uh, the new crop book of soybean export sales down 75% versus the same period last year. Uh, China's not interested as much as they uh, typically would be. Um, Brazil has cheaper grain to offer. Um, They've got some problems with the Chinese economy. So um, there are some problems on the demand front, guys. It just uh, doesn't matter in this sort of crop scare environment. It it will matter at some point, though. Uh, Wall Street Journal did kind of an update on this EPA news that was out last week. So um, we know that these uh, mandates for biofuels biofuels fell short of industry expectations. And a lot of people were upset about this. There were a bunch of comments and, and stuff that the journal did here. They did a really nice job here. So they noted this, uh, shares of Darling Ingredients, that's the country's largest renewable diesel producer, uh, fell as much as 8% following the EPA news last week. ADM Bungie also slipped on that news. Uh, the report, it's kind of uh, this article rather from the journal it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of uh what it said you had different comments from different people so you know the people from the um like the lobbies uh, a guy from the iowa soybean association said the first victim of this will be the expansion of the crush across the midwest so the lobbyists you know it's their job to lobby and they're going to tell you that this uh these rules from the epa <clears throat> these mandates they're going to kill the crush expansion right our uh, Cargill did, did put plans on hold for a new crush plant in Missouri, citing shifting market dynamics. But then you had, um, if you skip through this piece, and the journal did a nice job here, they uh, mentioned Goldman Sachs, and they said this, some analysts don't think The EPA's modest increases for low-carbon fuels will alter renewable diesel's growth trajectory. In a note after the EPA decision, Goldman Sachs said the drop in darling ingredient shares was a buying opportunity and recommended shares of agricultural giants ADM and Bungie. Goldman said exports to countries with low-carbon fuel policies will help to keep the market from tipping into a perilous surplus. So, the... uh, the lobbyists are are going to lobby, and they're going to tell you that this is going to kill the crush expansion, but I think uh, behind closed doors, there are still a lot of positive things uh, to say about it. We did have a cattle on feed report out on Friday. Uh, cattle on feed came in mostly as expected at 97. Placements were higher than expected at 105. They were looking for 102. Marketing's on par, par with expectations at uh, 102. Outside markets this morning, guys, uh, U.S. dollar's off just a little bit. S&P's down six. The Dow's down 20. Bonds up a little bit. Gold's up $13. Uh, crude oil is up 30 cents in the August WTI at 69.46. Have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you Tuesday.